All right, everybody. Glad to uh, talk. <clears throat> so you're listening to SGT on Space. Let's start out with that uh, with your host, Shinka. We are the only weekly space show here in Houston. Uh, apologies for not having one last week. Um, make that up. I will. So any case, uh, I imagine if you are watching this live, uh, you are seeing us on Facebook.com slash The Shin Show. Be sure to follow me as well. Uh, it's called SGT on Space nowadays, but back then it was The Shin Show. Can't change that on Facebook. On YouTube, uh, search for SG2 on Space and you should find it. Or you can go to, uh, if you're like I said, if you're watching live, uh, weareA1.com, which is a website for Action One Media Group, which is where I'm sitting right now in the Action One Media Group studio. Okay. So, and, oh yes, very important, please support me at patreon.com slash sg2onspace if you like the show, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash letter S, letter G, number two, on space. Could really use your support, um, you know, for the studio space and production, uh, and take a look, you know? So, okay, so once again, patreon.com slash sg2onspace. So without further ado, let's just say that today I am actually uh, going to talk about, uh, remember last time I talked about time, so today we're going to talk about the nature of reality. Uh, Leonard Kramer will be on joining us shortly. Uh, if you recall from previous episodes, if you have seen any, um, he has been a recurring host, not host, guest on uh, SGT on Space. And so he's quite knowledgeable about aerospace and physics and cosmology. So uh, with this kind of topic, particularly on the nature of, say, reality, uh, we're going to talk a lot about, say, quantum mechanics, which sounds like a hard subject. But uh, if you boil down to it, it can be understandable to, to a degree. It's still quite confusing. can be. All right, so we're going to see if we can elucidate some of the mysterious factors, um, aspects of that. You know, instead of just a word, you think, oh, my gosh, I would never understand anything. Let's turn it into something where, you know, you'd be like, okay, I can, I can see this. All right. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Shall we get Leonard on or... Maybe, um, so how about this, all right? Um, let, let, me, let me give a quick, um, what is it? Like, what exactly is quantum mechanics? How about that? So um, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and then I'm going to take a short break, and then we can have Leonard jump on. So quantum mechanics is a fundamental theory of physics, which essentially describes nature at its smallest, like on the atomic and subatomic scales, all right? So before the development of quantum mechanics, say, uh, we presented the world in a manner known, now known as classical physics. Of course, back then, there was just physics, right? So in the early 20th century, um, a lot of physicists actually thought that we have essentially explained everything, and there's going to be no more physics, so to speak, that there's no more that we wouldn't know. All right. However, it turns out that there's, there were some 
weird things happening which could not be explained. So, um, the first one, well, one of them, say, is the <clears throat> um, Albert Einstein's photoelectric effect. So, this was back in 1905 uh, when he basically, the photoelectric effect, just to give you a quick background, is emission of electrons or other free carriers when light hits a material. Okay, so in classical physics, uh, light is treated as a wave, all right? Um, so originally, Newton treated it as a particle, but then later it's like, hey, it behaves like a wave, right? So now, if it behaves like a wave, uh, then there could be a whole bunch of different energy levels. So it wouldn't, you know, photoelectric effect, different light, it hits, you have more light, hit a substance it should have more electrons emitted that's not what actually happens it turns out you have to have certain energy levels to kick out something and it's always the same uh energy of electrons that's kicked out so it's quantized okay hence actually one of the means of quantum right so um there, there's a lot to this let's just say quantum mechanics there's the energy is Discretized, discretized, which means it follows a certain levels, okay? It's discrete numbers. Another thing that might be interesting is that it's based on probabilities. So, for instance, uh, if you, the basic one, say, is um, position velocity, I believe. So, if you, the, <clears throat> you can never know exactly where something is. All right, we're going to have to take a little break. Um, I could go in this intro some more, but I think I think after this break we can bring Leonard on and talk about this in greater depth. All right, so um, break time. We'll be back shortly. Okay, we're back. All right, so. You're listening to SG2 on Space, um, and today we're talking about the nature, hidden nature of reality, and particularly let's talk about quantum mechanics. Um, so we're gonna have we will we have Leonard Kramer on. Leonard, can you hear me? Oh yeah, can hear you real well. How you doing? Hopefully you can. If you if you can hear me, uh, oh. say something. I'm saying something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, glad to hear your voice, Leonard. Uh, this is, as you know, this is the first show this year that has you on there, on here. So it's great. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, year. So yeah. I tried to give a little short intro to quantum mechanics. Um, what, what would you, uh, you know, I don't think I completely stated everything I was going to state. Um, how would you describe it? And uh, how is it different from what's known as classical physics? Well, um, for me, uh, the notion that that um, uh, at the very uh, microscopic level, where the the the, the uh, physics that governs how atoms and mm -hmm. molecules and and so forth uh, come together is a different kind of uh, physics than is classical. In other words. Um, uh, there, it involves uh, things like random events that occur mm -hmm. and the probability of, of, of things happening. And so I guess probably a lot of our listeners uh, know that uh, um, uh, 
that there's a problem there there's a wave mechanics that's associated with it and it's just a different it's a different way of of dealing with the world uh and, and in a way that we don't see at at the um, at the large scale level, so it's it's not the physics that governs the planets in their orbits. It's the physics that governs how, for example, uh, electrons uh, mm -hmm. configure themselves around atoms. And there's some very very fundamental mysteries that occur at that are that uh, uh, are at a very uh, deep level mm -hmm. that um, physics has been struggling with for a hundred years. So. so um, I, I'm going to briefly interrupt you and just say that, um, so from what, what I've been <clears throat> reading, quantum mechanics incorporates four classes of phenomenon for which classical physics cannot account. One is uh, what I just described before the break, which is a quantization of certain physical properties, for instance, energy. Um, another is... And we'll go into these. Another is quantum entanglement, which I always thought was interesting. The third mm -hmm. is principle of uncertainty. And the fourth is wave-particle duality. Okay. So, um, okay, continue. Um, yeah, that, I would say that that's the case. Uh, the, the quantization really is a quantization that you're referring to is really a, mm -hmm. a special case uh, that occurs with bound systems. Um, but uh, generally, the issue has to do with um, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, all of this was worked out in about the first quarter of the 20th century by people like uh, Heisenberg and Schrodinger and Einstein. Uh, Leonard, and, can you can you describe the uncertainty principle a little bit? Uh, that, yeah. That's quite different from classical. So, so what we've come to conclude is that the, if you have the knowledge of the position and the velocity mm -hmm. of, of an object like an electron, you can't determine both of those to arbitrary precision. If you know the position, for example, with great certainty, then your velocity is is utterly uncertain, and um, and then there's also an uncertainty relationship between the time of an event mm -hmm. and the amount of energy that is is ex that that is uh, expended in 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 um, that event. So th those are the two uh, main elements. And it's at a very deep level, so it's 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 a very mysterious kind of thing. So about for, uh, macroscopically, say I see a car, right, that's driving along, and I can measure how fast it's going, its velocity, at any particular time, as well as where it's at the position. Are you saying for on the very small scale, uh, the atomic or subatomic level, you can never know both of them precisely? You can't know them precisely, and the product of the uncertainty. In other words, if you're familiar with like a width, a sort of a, a width of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Like your 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 position is good to a certain um, number of centimeters. So the product of that uncertainty, if you multiply the uncertainty times the uncertainty in your velocity, that that can be no bigger than a certain constant called Planck's constant. I mean, specific. Yeah. It, 
Yeah. And, and so, um, huh. so, you know, mo- most of your, most of your listeners are, are, are familiar with that. Um, I, I'm actually not sure if most of them are familiar really? with that, but, um, no, that, that makes, that kind of makes sense. Um, so to measure anything, Leonard, uh, we, we keep talking about, we say measure, right? What, what does, what does that exactly entail? Ah, okay. So that's, that's controversial actually, because in the, when the, when the theory was articulated, mm-hmm. um, probably pretty much complete in the ni- by about 1930, mm-hmm. there was a lot of interest in what it means to measure something. And, um, uh, one of the uh, theorists was Niels Bohr, and mm-hmm. he kind of came out with an interpretation that said, when a conscious observer measures something, that, that it actually puts it in that state. So if you measure the velocity or mm-hmm. you measure the position, the answer that you get at a certain level is is the answer plus a little random thing. And that random thing is is not understood by physics i think i i assert um and Mm -hmm. yeah so so he he actually they actually uh crystallized this whole theory onto uh the notion that a conscious observer affects reality now in the past 50 years or so that's kind of fallen by the wayside and we now have this idea of entanglement and and uh, there's a theory called decoherence. So it's believed that, um, well, let me back up. If you're familiar with the Schrodinger cat, you know, uh, Schrodinger's cat is, is either alive or asleep. You know, so you, you, you put a cat in a box and you have, a, you have like some kind of radioactive decay that triggers right. uh, a hammer that breaks a bottle that lets out sleeping gas. So the radioactive decay is determined by quantum mechanical probability. We mm-hmm. can't tell you when it's going to decay, but it triggers a switch that then breaks a bottle and releases some sleeping gas, and the cat is either asleep or alive. So and when you, go ahead, and, Leonard. Right. So what's actually happening, what's actually believed to be happening, is there's a series of decoherences. In other words, when... When the um, when the uh, uh, um, when the system this whole system is quantum mechanical, and so when the radioactive decay occurs, mm-hmm. then it interacts with other elements that then spread this co- this coherence to other elements of the system. Mm-hmm. We say it becomes more and more entangled, and in that respect, at the level of the observer, there are there's a kind of more than one world, you know, so there's a virtual virtual case where when I open the box and look, I see the cat asleep or I see the cat, you know, awake. Right. Well, I then become cohered with the system. Let, and I don't, I can no longer communicate with the other world that mm-hmm. sees the cat. Let's, let's asleep. take a, let's take a step back. So um, just for the sake of our listeners, I understand everything you're saying. Uh, but the, you know, the, this is gauged towards an audience that maybe have a little bit of physics background, but quantum mechanics may be fairly uh, unfamiliar. So yeah, 
Hold on, hold on. I, I promise. I promise that it's 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 complicated. It's the ideas are complicated, but mm-hmm. it's not completely, uh, you know, un, un, un unintelligible. I, I think <laughs> I think other people could in, could understand it if if we're patient. But go ahead. Well, I was going to say um, to to in classical mechanics, the Schrodinger's cat it's it's either going to be alive or it's dead. It can't be both. But in quantum mechanics, there's a scenario known as quantum superposition. Because uh, one other thing that needs to be mentioned is that, um, actually, I think we already mentioned a little bit the uncertainty principle. There, there's it's always probabilities. So there's a probability the cat is dead. There's a, or in, okay, let's let's use a less extreme example: the cat's sleeping, or the cat's awake. So. You you don't know. It's a combination of the two. Um, so in quantum mechanics, it's it's everything is a combination, so to speak, uh, of probabilities. Uh, you know, there's a certain percentage probability it's it's, it's awake, certain pro- percentage probability it is asleep, and both are happening at the same time um, until you look at it. And then, according to Niels Bohr's uh, and his group's interpretation, known as the Copenhagen interpretation. The wave function, which basically describes the probability, actually it's it, you, it's a little more complicated, but anyways, the wave function ultimately describes the probability. According to uh, Niels Bohr, uh, the wave function instantly collapses to one reality as soon as an observer, such as you, look at open the box and see what the cat's like. Now, this presents an issue because why is the wave function collapsing and how does the measurer, the observer, even affect this the state? Like, why is it doing that? So this goes back to, and Leonard, uh, you are trying to explain an alternative formulation of what is actually happening. Yes, I think the modern idea now is that, um, well, you know, first of all, the, the modern idea is that it's good to wonder about these kind of things. At a certain point in history, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 50 years ago, physics kind of gave up on this and you're not encouraged to investigate the nature of quantum mechanics and the reality this reality that we're talking about but in order to uh it's it's looking like we need to consider this now in order to understand things like cosmology and the big bang and how all of that how how all of that arose but the the notion about the quantum mechanics and this idea of the measurement you're, the 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 idea is that the Schrodinger equation, which governs the dynamics of the wave function, actually actually um, governs the evolution of an infinite number of worlds that are all progressing at the same time, and we're in one of the worlds. And so the notion that the the cat is asleep or awake occurred very way 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 back when the when the little uh when the hammer broke the bottle so when the hammer broke the bottle the world split Mm -hmm. into multiple potential potentialities that the wave function dynamics predicts and that we then become in one of those in one of those worlds right the other worlds exist in a virtual sense we're utterly unable to communicate between these different worlds and thus, 
and thus uh, when we open the box, mm-hmm. we're we're already in the world where the where the cat is say awake. So and we have been for quite some time, but mm-hmm. these other worlds also exist. And so that's a really wild. Uh, there's a lot of people are 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 really excited about this idea, uh, and it seems to fit all of the all of it seems to fulfill all of the requirements that we need in order to understand uh, the in, this interpretation of quantum mechanics. So um, th- this seems like a um, so instead of. As I was saying, the Copenhagen, the traditional coin coin interpretation, uh, like when I took, um, uh, I mean, I my one of my bachelor's was in physics, and I recall in quantum mechanics class, uh, we briefly talked about here's what's happening: the wave function, as soon as you measure it, it collapses, which is the quote unquote conventional Copenhagen interpretation. But instead of that, you're saying that there is no wave function collapse; the 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 it's it's real. What ends up happening is that it splits into two alternative realities, um, uh, or or multiple exactly. realities. And, let's put it that way. And in fact, it's it's multiple realities. You know, sometimes the cat is is on his side. Sometimes he's right. you know standing up, or or you know, or he's in the corner of the box. So there's so many different worlds that are splitting constantly with every single uh, transition. Um, this is called the decoherence. You know, as the as this mixed state. Of mm-hmm. the uh, atom, either the the original atom is mm-hmm. either uh, decayed or not decayed, mm-hmm. so that becomes coupled with other elements of the environment that cause the, the different worlds to progress. There's still a problem because it doesn't. This theory mm-hmm. doesn't predict for us what our world is doing. And so I mentioned random. The randomness uh, sometimes. Uh, it's referred to as indeterminism right. in quantum mechanics is still a fundamental mystery. And so this many worlds hypothesis that I'm relating that everyone's excited about uh, still doesn't get to the well, doesn't get to the part of, of the, the, let's of, say um, if for the cat example, the, I mean, it may not be like 50, 50 that the cat's uh, awake versus the cat's asleep, but we don't know which way our universe will go, so to speak, right? What we are yeah. experiencing. We, yeah, we, it does, and we're we're still left with probability, with right. with determining probabilities of which world we're going to follow. So, so in the sense, in the sense, mm-hmm. it's sort of equivalent to the wave collapse, but um, it does resolve. It it does it is more satisfying in in the intellectual sense of. Right. of of wondering about well, when I measure it, what does my consciousness have to do with whether the cat is asleep or not? And and that that was a criticism. That was why the Schrodinger uh, cat was was invented. Why that was brought up by Schrodinger was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you really believe this? this is a silly. You know, the cat is either uh, uh, asleep or or awake. And uh, uh, why are you why are, you know? There's something uh, incomplete about about yeah. uh, quantum mechanics. I mean, that the traditional interpretation seems almost magical. Like, why, just because I look at it, does it suddenly, like, shift to one reality? Whereas, yeah. I, I agree, the many worlds interpretation, like, all these realities are happening, and we just happen to be experiencing one of them. Like, in a different right. universe, the, the, the cat say, in a different, for instance, in a different universe, I'm not interviewing you, or you're not even on the show. 
<laughs> so that's a possibility. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on the show. Or in a different universe, I'm actually a woman. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's something, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Go back. <laughs> yeah, you, you could be in a different universe. Wow, wow. I could be and, a girl. Wow. Okay. And, and so all of the universes that are physically uh, possible that could start, you know, from a particular, uh, an, uh, any given event. Well, but well, the quantum mechanics still does not explain how, where the bifurcations occur. Right. In other words, where it, we go from one universe to the next. Well, well, Leonard, from this, like, it, one criticism that some people might have is there's just so many universes. Like, every second something's happening. And not even every second. Right. Every nanosecond or even less. Like, it just yeah. keeps splitting. Exactly. That's, the, that, that's one criticism. One of the criticisms is it's too many universes. I don't like it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if that's a fair criticism. I mean, in that interpretation, they, there's almost like there could be an infinite number of universes. And we just keep bifurcating. Now, my question yeah. here is, at one point, if we go back, like we're talking about cosmology, going back to the Big Bang, it would seem like in that initial Big Bang, there was only one universe. And then it just suddenly started splitting. Um, is it there? Seem, it, go ahead. Yeah, it would. It, that that's what that's uh, that's what it would seem uh, to to be happening. Now, the the thing about it is that the interesting thing about the quantum mechanics is at the time of the Big Bang, then we're talking about the, all of the matter in the universe, or all of the mm -hmm. substance, energy, matter substance of the universe is is next down to a, a single point um, in space-time, which is unimaginably uh, dense and, and, and so forth. And so the quantum mechanic, we'd like to have a theory that would unify quantum mechanics and gravity in that case, and also the, the other forces that are causing this to occur. And that's still utterly, utterly uh, not understood. However, um, we do observe something called cosmic microwave background, which mm -hmm. I think we've talked about before. And we did. it has um, it has some fine granularity. This is the this is the this is the image of the universe at about three hundred and eighty thousand years after the Big Bang mm -hmm. when it became apparent. And there's a certain granularity that's seen. You know, there's little little structures, a right. very fine structure. And it's related to quantum fluctuations that occurred uh, 13.8 billion years ago when the Big Bang occurred. And so the so it's almost like there's a, a kind of cosmic photograph of the universe <clears throat> that frozen in time and we see it today. So we see quantum mechanical things that we usually uh, we usually associate with microscopic or atomic scale things going on right. that are across the width of the universe you know it's mind-boggling i mean it's just it's just uh uh just an incredibly uh fantastic um idea and it it so so we know a lot about uh what happened in the early in the early beginnings of the universe because we understand that physics uh very well but we don't understand it well enough at at the at the points where at the point where 
gravity and quantum mechanics uh, come together. We don't have a theory for that yet. I, I think so. that's known as quantum gravity. Now, quantum mechanics can explain the other three fundamental forces from what I understand. Electromagnetism, um, strong force, and weak force. Um, well, quantum mechanics is a probabilistic theory that talks about you know uh, mm -hmm. how how transitions occur the really the theory of the field theory the field theories of these different um, of these different uh, forces uh, really is a set is kind of a separate theory that particles are waves in fields that right. permeate of the universe but um, yes I mean the the uh, uh, quantum mechanics governs the the uh, um, the transitions that occur, the reactions that occur, and the fundamental to it is indeterminate. In other um, words, there's dice being rolled. The universe, the universe generates random numbers. Right. Hey, um, I I know yeah. we may have briefly mentioned this, but I thought one thing I always thought cool was uh, quantum entanglement. Um, where uh, can you explain a bit about that? And I think Einstein had an issue with it because it, it allows faster than light communication. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interest in in this. So, um, in a certain respect, uh, we can talk about the radioactive decay that creates the uh, when we describe this Schrodinger the Schrodinger cat problem, mm -hmm. where we have radioactive decay that that sends an electronic signal to some Rube Goldberg apparatus that breaks a bottle and makes the cat go to sleep or not mm -hmm. in a certain period of time. Well, then the radioactive decay is sort of is a kind of entangled state where it's either decayed or not decayed. Uh, and, and then when, and so we say that those are entangled. There's other kinds of entanglements like, um, Various kinds of uh, particles, like uh, well, the uh, a neutron, a, a neutron by itself, mm -hmm. or or a boson, which everybody's has been talking about, will decay into two different kinds of particles. So it's a spin. I think it's a spin zero particle, and yes. it, will, it will immediately decay into two different particles that are that have opposite spins. Okay, those two particles can fly off in different directions, but their spin. And spin is something like spin of an of the Earth or spin of a macroscopic particle, but they have opposite. And so the 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 state of being opposite, not of being of not being in any particular direction, but mm -hmm. the state of being opposite are are coupled. So that if you observe the spin of one particle on one side of the galaxy, for example you will automatically put it into the state, put the opposite state of the other particle. And some people have, have tried to have tried to understand this as like, well, John arrives every day. John always wears two different color socks, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if I see one of his socks, then I, if I see one of, I, if I see his sock is yellow, then I know his other sock is not yellow. It's not that. It's not that kind of cor correlation. It's it's a it's a it's a correlation that occurs at the at the at the entangled um, mm -hmm. wave function, which is related to the um, uh, the square of a complex probability. So it's 
it's it's it's close, but it's not exactly right. And if we do uh, experiments with um, <clears throat> with a whole population of mm-hmm. entangled particles, we find that it doesn't follow that theory of well, the sock isn't yellow. Uh, um, it, it's it's not that. It's more complex than that. Um, there's a, a this was this, this was actually and so so um, Einstein recognized this in 1935, mm-hmm. and he said this can't be right because if I measure the if I measure the state of the particle on, in one place, then it implies the mathematics is telling me that the other particle instantaneously assumes this um, this uh, this state. So I, I, I measure one particle and I observe it spin in a particular direction, then I instantaneously know what the, what the state of the other particle is. And he said, that can't be right, because, hey, you know, like, like hey, I'm Einstein. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I know about uh, special relativity, general relativity, um, that things can't, that um, uh, uh, information can't be transmitted. Faster than light. Yeah. But... In the early 60s, there was uh, a mm-hmm. guy named Bell, who uh, uh, American, I think, in Princeton, at Princeton, mm-hmm. who actually came up with a fairly simple uh, um, uh, mathematical formalism calculation that could demonstrate this, and, he, and it's called Bell's inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the early 80s. As late as that, you know, as, as uh, th- this was this was experimentally verified by some French uh, a French group uh, led by mm-hmm. um, his name is I don't know how to pronounce his aspect. It's it it looks like the word aspect. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, but aspect. And he did apparatus and proved demonstrated without a doubt that that Einstein's objection that that this influence cannot transmit. At, uh, faster than the speed of light was 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 false. That that in fact the world really is weird in that respect. So um, you know, a lot well a lot of people interpret this and say and you see this all the time. Well, we can use this to transmit a message faster than light. Right. The thing the thing is and and the thing is that it's like it's like that's not what it that's not what it's about. It's not like you can you can predict what what. The measurement's going to say the measurement's going to give you a random number, so it'll be one or zero, you know, be up or down, right? And then from that, you will know that there's a random number on the other side of the universe that's the opposite of of what you uh, of what you observe. So you can't you, but you can't ahead of time make it make it what you want it to be. You have to transmit the information, you know, about about what what the state is that you've measured right so you you can only determine these things post hoc as it were i kind of think of it this way it's like you're watching an old-time television with static mm-hmm. you know like the show on a tv yeah well that that's all you have and you know that whatever static you see on your tv is exactly the same or you know it's actually exactly opposite all the pixels are reversed on, from the the TV that's running on the other side of the universe between these two entangled mm-hmm. states, so 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 the physics does not allow any information to be transmitted, but there is something in the nature of reality that is common, uh, that is transmitted instantaneously, and 
uh, I've thought about this myself, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that it also gets to the notion of whether the whether there's free will, or whether all of space and time is predetermined. Yeah. See, uh, one one way to explain this the static being the same in the mm-hmm. two universes is that the static already exists before we observe it. In other words, so all of space. If you imagine a model of the universe, space-time, and all of the universe as existing all at once, in other words, from the beginning of time to whatever we want to call the end of time, that that already, all of that has already been determined, right? Mm-hmm. And and we're just experiencing a journey through the, that that manifold. And certainly, quantum mechanics admits that, and it also explains the determinate the indeterminism. In other words, all the random numbers have been have been have been laid down throughout all of all of uh, uh, the past and future, and that they're 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 related in that way. So now that's that really is going to um, uh, blow people's minds because it's it's almost like the idea of free will is something that philosophers and, and theologians have talked about for um, forever. And in, so there is uh, some little glimmer of, of uh, theoretical or actually observational evidence that, that uh, indicates that maybe we do not have the, the free will and that, that our journey is you know, predetermined. That doesn't mean that, that, doesn't mean that we're, not, we're not responsible for our right. actions, but because it, you know, we, it still looks like we have free will. Well, I mean, but, the other thing I was thinking of is we talked about the many worlds theory earlier. So can't there be alternate various infinite number of universes where, say, mm-hmm. this information, like this particle is going, say, spin up and the other particle spin down. But if you look at a different universe, it's exactly the opposite. Well, you know, the thing is, um, the, 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 the Schrodinger equation is mm-hmm. you know, completely deterministic and it describes a... Mm-hmm. A, a whole manifold of universes that are all progressing all at once at the same time, but uh, and and also in a certain platonic, you know, Plato talked about forms and virtual mm-hmm. virtual worlds and and things like that uh, twenty five hundred years ago. Um, so so in a in a certain sense, the reality that we have is 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 mm-hmm. is it, it exists. I mean, we're we're experiencing it. The other realities that are physically allowed mm-hmm. also exist, and I've got air quotes around the word exist, right? Exist. They don't exist is not really the right word for them. They, they, they are the many possible worlds are described by the quantum mechanical description, but we're only following one, and the quantum mechanics doesn't tell us which one we're yeah, in. Yeah, that's that so, is really intriguing. Uh, Leonard, unfortunately, for the sake of time, I am so sorry. We're going to have to cut it off. Do you Tell me. Do you have any uh, more last sentence or two about quantum or the nature of reality? No, we, we're, we're really in trouble now because of all that wild stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so all this stuff gets really weird and... Uh, we got all these theories. 
Um, I, I know this stuff is explored, especially in the many worlds theory. Uh, I, I just add on here very briefly that it's explored in sci science fiction, a whole bunch, you know, different universes. Now, from what I understand, the difference is that in the sci-fi novels and film and TV shows, the universes somehow could interact with each other. Whereas, yeah, exactly. That would make good science fiction. If you can communicate with the other worlds, you know, yeah. where I'm a woman, you know, right. for example. Yeah, you know, something. <laughs> I understand. So, in different universe, I will communicate with a girl version of Shen. That's great. N yeah. Not that's going to happen. Uh, All right. So, according to science, it can't happen. So, can't communicate. All right. So, we're going to have to cut it off. Uh, thank you, everybody. This is SG2 on Space. You've list been listening to um, The Hidden World, talking about quantum mechanics with Leonard Kramer. Thank you, Leonard, for being on the show. And um, be sure to join us next week. By the way, follow me, facebook.com slash The Shen Show. Uh, go on YouTube, search for SG2 on Space. Support me at patreon.com slash SG2 on Space. And I will end it with this. I know we haven't talked about up there in a little bit, but look up because you never know what you will see. All right? Take care. Peace, it's brother Atom Ryan. You tuned in to Action One Network.